Hello, hello, and welcome to Let's Talk Hair, the Combed Education Podcast. My name is Araz, I'm your host, and today I'm really excited because this is a first time for me. I actually have a guest that I will be chatting with today. Um, he is one of my favorite people in uh, my area in the industry. He's one of my sales reps and has been super supportive of my career, I feel like, since I met you. Um, you came to my first class. You've introduced me to some really, really cool brands and stuff like that. So um, what prompted this interview, this podcast, and if you guys read the title, it says your rep is your friend. Um, most of you know that I work with a manufacturer and sometimes I do detailing with manufacturers or sales reps. And basically that's me spending the day with a sales rep in a certain city and talking about um, the brand. And I recently went on a detailing day or two, and I just realized that as hairdressers, we're kind of assholes to our reps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I say that with love, and maybe you're not. There's a lot of you that are great, but um, just what I saw, I was like mortified uh, for my industry. I made an Instagram story about it. Like, we have to do better. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, okay, guys, your rep is your friend. So I want to introduce um, one of my sales reps, and I'm going to let him do a little cameo introduction really quickly. Go ahead. Hi. So thank you for having me. I'm Brent um, Robinson. I work for a boutique distributor in California that also services Nevada. I've been in the industry since 1998, so I do have a background in hair. I was a stylist behind the chair, and um, about six years ago, I switched to the other side of the business. So now I um, rep about 20 boutique brands that we have, and so I'm all over Southern California, and uh, you know, I'm just out here trying to be your friend, stylist. <laughs> They're trying to be our friend. Okay, so one of the cool things about Brent, and here's the thing, guys, not all sales reps have a background in hairdressing. Brent, you do, though. I do. Right? I have a license. I've been licensed since 1998. So I do have that experience of what it is like to be behind the chair. So I do know the daily struggle of being a hairdresser and what that entails. And I think that's why I have, like, a inside look or, um, like, I can... Um, specialize the approach I make when dealing with hairdressers. Yeah, because I feel like you've been behind the chair, so you know. And at the end of the day, yes, our industry is evolving, but the fundamentals of doing hair are the same, right? Like we're scheduling, we're selling retail, we're doing color, we're doing transformations. And and so it doesn't... And, and I've, I've worked with reps who don't have a background in hair, and that's totally fine as well. Because at the end of the day, what I think, and you can correct me, Brent, but I think your job as a sales rep is to help us as a hairdresser, suite owner, salon owner, or whatever our position is, is to make more money. Is that pretty yeah, accurate? Yeah, that's like, an accurate um, assumption to make. You know, my job is essentially to get the products that we um, carry into your hands um, and help you make more money doing so and having those difficult conversations of like, why do you have downtime? What could you be doing to add money onto your um, books for the week? What does that look like? Um, so stuff like that. Um, yeah, our job is essentially to help you and we can guide you and we're a great resource and a plethora of information of like what's going on right now. Right. And that's what I want. I want to talk about what what we as hairdressers, I think we just don't think about it sometimes, but like what are reps and especially the boutique distributors now? 
I'll tell you straight up, like, I only support boutique brands and I only support boutique distributors. Nothing against the big guys, nothing against the big brands or the big distributors. I just, I think I shared the story a few years ago. Um, there was a brand, a professional hair color brand that was servicing hairdressers and they took that professional brand and that name and put it on a box color and sold it to Walmart directly taking money from my pocket because my clients had heard me say that name before. And so to me, that was really fucked up. And at the end of the day, like I wanna support a brand that's gonna support me. And I have found in my 20 years that the boutique brands, the smaller brands, the family owned distributorships, they give way more of a shit than some of the bigger brands. Again, if you wanna support the big distributors, that's cool. I always say I'm here to offer perspective and what has worked for me. If it works for you, take it. If it doesn't, leave it. So one of the things um, is, and I wanted to ask you, Brent, because there are some of you in the industry who love the industry, but maybe you don't love doing hair anymore. Maybe you're tired, maybe your back hurts, maybe whatever is the case, that going into being a DSC or a district sales consultant is an option, right? And so I guess my question to you is, why did you decide to make that transition away from behind the chair into now helping the hairdressers? Okay, um, really good question. I think for me, Thank my you. journey, yeah, of course. Uh, my <laughs> journey started um, when I just was showing up to work and I just didn't love it anymore. And I think being behind the chair is something that you have to be really passionate about. And committed and, to. And yeah. committed to, right? Like it's a hustle and it is hard and um, days are hard and clients are difficult and some clients can be amazing, but still like servicing a client um, day in and day out is um, a difficult job. And uh, I commend all the hairdressers out there killing the game. Um, but what for me personally, I just fell out of love with it. My spirit was like, this is not it for you. And I really didn't want to end up being like the hairdresser at the salon. And everybody knows one if you worked in a, a big salon. <laughs> that burnt like, out. Yeah, burnt out, 20 years overdue, just like mad, upset, hating life, no joy. And um, like I saw it going that way. And I thought like, hey, I have uh, X amount of years experience in the salon. So this is something I do know a lot about. Um, so I started looking at other opportunities in the industry and seeing um, what other avenues were available and there were a couple like I, I have a degree I have a bachelor's in education I'm not sure if you knew that I but, did know um, that and I love that for you <laughs> freaking amazing I so I looked at education opportunities within the hair industry I also um, started uh, seeking out manufacturer rep um, you know, and opportunities. And then um, I really settled on the small distributor opportunity because I felt like that was a, a really good match um, for what my ideals and um, like just what I thought the hairdressing industry should be. Yeah, like, I feel I really like it's very much that. your vibe. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And that leads me into the next like kind of just topic of conversation really, it's not a question, but like the differences between a rep for a manufacturer a rep for a big distributor and then a rep for a boutique distributor. So I'll tell you as a hairdresser, for for my personal preferences, I already shared this, right? Like I prefer boutique distributor because I like to work with boutique brands. Um, manufacturers, sales reps, they only represent one brand. So can they also be your friend? Absolutely, but they are, and, and no offense to anybody, but they're just a one trick pony. Right, like they just have what they have and if you like it, cool, and if you don't, cool. Um, and I think the bigger brands or the bigger distributors, I, we were talking about this before we recorded, 
about how the independent boutique distributors have more direct access right yes, to brands so. versus like the bigger distributors with these bigger brands i'm not going to say any names but like the bigger brand like they don't have direct there's a whole chain of command you got to get through whereas with the boutique like you go straight to the source and you get what you, right yeah absolutely so um, i work for a company that has about 40 reps and we cover california and nevada and i one have the owner's um phone number and can pick up the the phone and call him right now and he would pick up right. um, I've only <laughs> so if you need a favor if I yeah, need a yeah, favor yeah. you're like hey can we make this happen I've you... only played that card three times in six years and the other thing is is um, I work closely with the brand so I have um, brand reps in my car and I have direct access to them so being able to get in contact with the brand immediately um, if there's a need if there's a question if there's a client that has um, a specific ingredient allergy and they need to know like right, right you will now, get me the answer right now yeah I, I try to stay on top of it yeah yeah and I found that to be true with the all the boutique distributorships that I work with and myself even representing a manufacturer I have reps texting me all the time and I'm texting them the right away so you're not like submitting an inquiry to this mm -hmm. giant web and waiting and hoping somebody contacts you like there is direct access um and so i think that's a huge benefit for us as hairdressers they also have direct i mean the access to education mm -hmm. right if you guys have ever taken classes boutique brands education is far superior in my opinion than big brands because these classes are typically smaller they're a little bit more intimate you can ask a lot more questions um so i mean you have access to all of that and you guys know that i'm a huge 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 fan of education manufacturer boutique brand support whatever independent like the more classes you can take the better off you are and so with some with your sales rep, they know all the classes. Like Brent represents how many brands? 20 brands. About 20, okay. yeah, give so or take. That's 20 different classes. Even if you don't use the brand, can you take a class and learn something? Absolutely. Yeah, and also it's like uh, not a, uh, like so if X brand is putting on a class and you go to it, like that, um, is transferable to other brands, right? Like right. that pattern, that weaving pattern. Right, that, that technique, is, that, uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. Is, um, across all brands. And also, I will tell you from being a, being out in the field um, in a lot of cities that I cover, you know, from Long Beach to Irvine, like I know other distributors um, education and what they're doing. And I had a client call me yesterday and said, hey, we're looking for advanced cutting for our salon. We have a couple new girls. And I was able to tell her, that's not something we're offering right now, but this company is yeah. offering it and send them the information that way. So I, I'm a, like a walking encyclopedia. 100%. <laughs> like the knowledge, and this is another thing you guys don't realize is because like Brent said, right, he's servicing, for those of you that are not in California from Long Beach to Irvine, that's how many... I don't a even lot. know. That's a, that's a very, very big territory. How many hairdressers are in that territory? How many salons are in that territory? So your sales rep in your territory has their finger on the pulse of your territory. They know what's going on. They know the salons that are opening and closing. And they know who's cool and who's not. And like Brent was telling me earlier, <laughs> like if you're a dick to your rep, and I'm sorry, I'm going to be very honest here because some of you are really rude to the reps. But then you go ask them for help, like, oh, hey, I need a, I'm looking for a hairdresser in my salon. Do you think that that rep is going to be like, oh, yeah, let me go call my favorite hairdressers and see if they want to work here because you've been a bitch to me? No. He's not. 
He's, he's not gone. going to. And so, and not even to be vindictive in any way, shape, or form. It's just, it's a vibe. It's an energy. So if you're very off-putting to new information as a salon owner or as a suite owner or as a stylist, and you're so like closed off to what Brent or this rep or that educator has to say, that means that you are very narrow-minded. You are closed-minded. You are not in a growth mindset. So in turn, why would said rep or educator want to help you if you're not even in that space, right? Like, yeah. no, it doesn't, it, that's not how it works. Um, the other thing is they, you know, they know what's going on in your specific market with your specific territory. So I think you saw it a few years ago, the change from, and I think a lot of us saw this, especially in bigger cities, the change from these big salons into suites. Like, I feel like you saw that quicker than the hairdressers saw that. Very quickly. It happened overnight. It seemed say. like. Yeah. yeah, it really seemed like. But, but you know, I, so I went to a suite 12 years ago, and people were like, what the hell are you doing? You're making the biggest mistake of your life. Like, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 this is perfect, because I sell a lot of retail, right? And so if I sell retail and I get 100% in my suite, like, I'm going to do that. That's making money. But a lot of people weren't up with, but the reps knew what was up. Right? Like, yeah. they knew. They know what's going on because they're talking to all the hairdressers in your territory, guys. They know what's happening. So they are your friend. Yeah. They are your friend. They want to help you. And in my experience, especially boutique distributors and boutique brands, they care about the industry way more um, than some of the brands that are, you know, have gotten too big for their own damn good. Sorry. No, no, I get it. I feel that. Um, any new tools? Any new tools to try? Guess what? They have it. The newest flat irons, the newest blow dryers, and most likely they're going to hook you up. They're going to let you test it. They're going to let you try it. I know I've had people drop off blow dryers for me to try for a couple of days. You think the big manufacturers and the big distributors are going to let you like borrow their blow dryer for a week? <laughs> like that's not going to happen. That is absolutely not going to happen. Um, and then the other thing too that I wanted to talk about is for those of you who are interested in being brand ambassadors, mm -hmm. influencers, um, educators, sponsored artists, whatever that category is that's now emerging thanks to social media, number one, you have a way higher chance to have an opportunity cross your path with a brand or a manufacturer that is more boutique versus the big guys and you know this is true like unless you have 300,000 followers the big guys aren't even gonna look at you yeah that's true and also I will add um, you will have a greater um, opportunity to be positioned in front of said manufacturers mm -hmm. if you're a friend of the rep right yeah. so if you're someone who I go to a salon with you're using our products you have a good vibe you've been kind you smile when I walk in you don't run to the back room or um, slam the freaking door I was telling him this happened like <laughs> I was walking with a sales rep and like the the suite owner saw us and she straight up slammed the door dropped the curtains and was like nobody's home it's like as if she thought we were state board like we were not state board we were clearly like not we were hairdressers um and i was mind blown i was like that was the rudest thing which will lead me into i want to ask you like what's the best way to let somebody down yeah. but back to like being an educator or an ambassador people like brent know what these brands need remember we were talking about earlier they have direct access to yeah. that manufacturer directly like they're talking to their director of education he's talking with their sale like so 
if you're wanting to work with a brand, your rep is your friend. Yes. They're Very going much. to help you, guys. Like, I've heard it so many times of just like, oh my God, sales reps are just out there to make money. Oh, sleazy salespeople. And it's like, we're all trying to freaking make a living. At the end of the day, you cannot knock somebody because they're fucking working. But if they're working to help you, if they're working with lines that they feel can work in your space based on the aesthetic of your space, based on the demographic of your clients, based on how you operate your business, they're going to provide tools for you. But they're not going to know that if you don't freaking talk to them. Yeah, and I will add here <laughs> that this might be the perfect opportunity. There are sales reps. There are people who really go out there and, like, do the hard sell and, like, want you to buy their stuff. And, like, that's just not my vibe. Like, I'm an account executive, which means, like, I'm there to take care of your business on a 360-degree approach. Like, assess your needs. See what you're doing. See what you're not doing and say, hey, this might be an opportunity for you because Salon XYZ down the street is doing this and this is how much money they're making now so yeah. like there's sales reps and then there's an account executive which is really there to um, help your business flourish and succeed because when you do well I do well right right and I know that's like a cliche thing but I always say cliches are rooted in truth mm -hmm. at the end of the day they are rooted in truth and so like I remember I had asked Brent about a brand and he was like no that's not for you it's true <laughs> And like he knows what what is going to work for me, what's not going to work for me. So he will only bring things that will work for me. Um, and not only that, some some of your reps will come in and you don't even have to do anything. Like they'll go in your color cabinet, they'll take your color order, they'll dust and clean your shelves and like put organize your shampoos and order what you need. Like this is helping you guys. Yeah. This is not just trying to make money. Uh, my goal is for you guys to understand that your sales reps are your friends. Not only that, they know a lot of people. Okay, they have their their like in your territory. Um, they have access to all the education. They have access to classes. They have access to brands and products like direct things that you need. Um, so with that, one of the things we were talking about earlier is is convenience. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of us hairdressers, what are we saying? We gripe about. Clients. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to sell retail. That brand's on Amazon. Newsflash. Every single brand that is worth its uh, weight in gold is on Amazon. It's just what it is. And you know who you have for uh, to blame for diversion is your peers, right? So, like, the people who have access to it. The They're selling it on Amazon, guys. It's not. It. Yeah, so it's not like we're out here trying to sell, like diverting it. It's actually a, a group of your peers that are doing it, but your guys' biggest complaint of why you're not selling retail right now, and I hear it all the time, it's on Amazon. And why is it on? And I say, well, why are they buying it on Amazon and not at And I not from you. Yeah, convenience. The number one thing I hear is because of the convenience. <laughs> Which leads me in to, you know, sometimes... And, and I say this again out of love. I am a part of this industry. I love this industry and I've been a part of it for a very long time. But I tend to like observe from a bird's eye view and like I psychoanalyze everything. And so here we are complaining that our clients are buying from Amazon because it's convenient for them. Yes, it is convenient. What do we do that's convenient for us that's not supporting our industry? So, okay, here's a small example. Starbucks. I fucking hate Starbucks coffee, but it's convenient as shit. But I hate it, but it's convenient. Bigger distributors who are distributing the bigger 
dinosaur brands, yes, they're convenient, right? There's a store in every city, but are they supporting you? Like most likely they're not. And even if their reps are trying to support you, the companies at a whole, like on a big scale, they're not. They're all owned by a couple of different big, big, big monopolies that care about bottom line at the end of the day, which is fine. That's how business works. I get it. But there's a level of integrity that some of these companies are missing. And what I have found as an independent stylist is that level of integrity is way more there in boutique brands, in boutique distributors, in the small guys. Personally, that's what I've seen. I don't know. You? But yeah, well, it's a funny thing because, like, I'll see people um, say, oh, support small business. Like, a, a whole Instagram post oh, yes. and, like, small business Saturday, support small business. And then they'll walk across the street to, like, a big brand supply and then drop $600 with mm -hmm. them. And you're I'm like, like, wait, you could, like, you literally have the opportunity to support a small business. Like, we are owned by the same family who owned Swice 25 years ago. I just named dropped who I work for. It's okay. Um, but, we, like, we are a family business. small family business. All the distributors that I work with, because you guys know I work for Magic's a manufacturer, or I educate with them. Um, and so I work with, you know, 18, 20 different distributors, and they're all family-owned. They're all, like, brothers or, like, the aunt. And, like, they're all small businesses servicing your territory. So it, it it's... It's the double, it's like, what am I trying to say? It's a it goes both double ways. standard. Yeah. It, it goes both ways. Like you want people to support, support your small business, AKA your clients to come to you. You should also support small business because they're gonna support you and it's that camaraderie. It's that whole movement, right? Collaboration over competition. Okay, then let's all collaborate. Let's all work together. Let's all support each other to keep the integrity of this industry or else we're gonna fucking lose it. It's gonna be gone. It's going that. It looks it's, like it's, it's honestly, trending it like in that direction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I've seen it more, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Brent. But like, in the last, I would say like the COVID and post COVID, I think a lot of us are starting to realize what's really going on in the industry. And I feel like there's like the majority of the the industry, like the big timers, they're not pivoting. But us smaller people. I think we're starting to see, like, okay, the big guys don't have our best interest at heart. Um, the diversion, like, all of this stuff, I think I think it's pivoting. And I'm hoping that more of us get on board with supporting boutique brands, supporting boutique distributors, supporting independent education, supporting the small guys, because that's what's going to rebuild our industry to be great and, like, prosper and... Yeah, like, I would like to see it go back to a time where it was the small, uh, the small guy really making the difference. Yeah, and that was when I started in 1998. Um, there were a couple. I was in the Midwest, and there were a couple professional stores, um, and they were really killing it. Like they were really doing well, and they cared about the the hairdresser at the end of the day. And like in a matter of, I want to say five years, like one company came in and bought all those that chain up, and it just didn't matter anymore. And then, so that communication was lost and that integrity was lost. And um, that just like it sucks. small town, we care about you, yeah. went by the wayside. And I think we're better than that, you guys. We are better than that. We really are. Um, and that's why I'm so big on just education in general, independent education. Um, just there's a lot of people coming out that, that really do care about this industry. I know I'm one of them. 
I know Brent is one of them, that it's so much more than just making a dollar. It's so much more than just growing myself. It's who can I take with me, right? Like if I'm gonna level up, who can I bring up with me? Um, so as a hairdresser, I do that through my education. Brent does that through offering, uh, what were you talking about? Um, Service-based items? Not yeah, just... so essentially what I was saying is, um, we were talking about this earlier, is um, opportunities to increase, increase your service ticket. Like these are items you can add on in 10 to 15 minutes and, and make XYZ amount of money at the end of the week. Like really being able to sit down with you guys um, from a manufacturer and rep perspective and say hey this is a treatment we now have it's amazing and um, how many people are you doing a week okay that might be um, an oversell to do it to all of them this treatment but maybe you can get five people mm -hmm. a week and then that's fifty dollars a pop that's two hundred fifty dollars and if you look at that in a four-week period of time that's a thousand dollars there's uh, 52 weeks in a year you just gave yourself a $5,200 raise with a 10 to 15 minute add-on service. So being able to like walk you guys through um, some of the service-based opportunities that are gonna make you more money that I know are successful and are doing really well and other people are using it and have a proven track record of success, being able to introduce you to like service-based items that no one else is doing. And being able, I think what's different between a big box um, distributor and us is I'm able to come in and and sit down and spend that personalized time yep. with you. Yeah. Sit down and say, hey, how, how much business are you doing this week? How many colors are you doing? Here's a great um Here's some tips. Here's yeah. some tricks. Here's some things that you express or whatever it is. But again, somebody like Brent is out there in all the salons. So he can take what he's seeing and help customize it for you. Again, your rep is your friend. Um, your rep is going to offer you products to retail. I'm big on retail and half y'all are not with the bullshit excuses. Oh, Amazon, oh, Target, oh, Ulta. But like at the end of the day, your client should be buying it from you. Yes, 100%. Period, end of story. You are doing their hair and the reason they're not buying it from you is 99% of the time you're not offering it to them. You've already decided that they can't afford it and ultimately you are giving yourself a pay cut by not offering them retail. I did the math. So your profit on a shampoo and conditioner, minimum, every client uses shampoo and conditioner, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody uses and they're it. they're buying it somewhere. They're buying, it is in their shower, period. Profit on that can be anywhere from $30 to $100, depending on what you're selling. If you sell it to three clients a day, that your profit is $90 to $300 in one day. Five days a week, that's $450 to $1,500. And four weeks a month, that's $1,800 to $6,000 additional money for you. So stop using the bullshit Amazon or Ulta or this and find boutique brands that actually have incentives for you, back bar points, like rewards. rewards like he was telling me he sent people on trips because of loyalty. Like yeah, I, six. so I sent six people to Boston to work directly with the manufacturer. I just amazing. sent two people to Cancun, Mexico. So you're- Can you send me to Mexico? I, you don't carry the brand that- Oh, they damn. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. But yeah, so like we have access to being able to run contests in your salons for retail because I can pick up the phone and call a, a manufacturer rep and say, hey, I have this salon. We need to work on selling retail. What is an incentive or um, prize that I can run with them? Sometimes it's $500 cash to the highest sales in six oh, yeah. weeks. I want that. Stuff like that. Absolutely. You know, we're able to do that from a boutique distributor point of view because we have access 
They are your friend. So the whole point of this is that like we need to as an industry and if you're great with your reps then kudos to you and thank you yeah i mean <laughs> I, like i said i didn't realize it until i started detailing with reps and i was like wow some of these people y'all are just rude no 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 and so my, my hope is that you see the value that your rep brings it's not just brent comes to my door and is trying to sell me product brent has products that are going to work for me. Brent has access to education. Brent has access to all the hairdressers in my community. Brent knows what's going on in the industry within my community. Like he is a, a walking encyclopedia of my territory. He is a gem for me, right? My other sales reps, they're gems for me because they're going to help me in my business. So, um, I have two more questions okay, for you. Shoot. Um, number one. So I get it. Okay, most of you, if you don't have an appointment with your rep or you, like there are times where you don't wanna talk to the rep. But like, there's a way to like let them down and there's a way to like not, and the way not to is don't slam the door and close the curtains. Don't like ignore them. So Brent, like what would you say? Like if, and, and you do pick up on social cues. So if somebody's busy, you're not in there interrupting, but like, what's a good way to let you down? Um, so if a way to let me down, like I, I just know, like I'm a hairdresser, so yeah, I know that true. I just can read that look of like, now is not a good time. And, um, say that, say like, Hey, I would really love to talk to you and I'm interested in what you're selling, but now is not a good time. Can you make an appointment with the front desk for a time? I'm not busy. Boom. Or you can say, here's my assistant. Tell her all the information that you need to, that I need to know, and she'll relay it to me. Or please leave your card at the front desk. If I see something in your catalog that interests me, I'll have them give you a call. Um, generally speaking, I will. I, I don't interrupt um, when people are with clients unless I get that inviting look. And I always make sure um, to thank the client and ex well to thank the client. Like, hey, I know this is your time. Thank you for letting me take three minutes. But yeah. that's only if I'm welcome into that space. But you can say no. Like that's that's what I was gonna say too. Is like if you're just not interested, first as a hairdresser, I would ask you why are you not interested? Are you just assuming that you know you don't want to talk to a salesperson? Are you being closed-minded? Or are you genuinely not interested in the brands that they carry? And if you're genuinely not using or interested in then just say, you know what, thank you, but I'm not interested. Like, it's really that easy. It is. And it's not a lot really of do that. that freaking easy. You do not have to be mean about it. And some of y'all are mean as fuck. Anyway, so just be honest, right? Yeah, be, be honest. honest. Yeah. I, now's not a good time. Leave me your card. No, thank you. I'm not interested. But like, again, ask yourself, why are you not interested? Because they are a source of like a lot of knowledge for you. Yeah. Okay, and then the last thing I would ask you is what are some of the trends that you are seeing in the industry, especially because your main focus is Southern California. Uh -huh. What are you seeing with salons, with hair trends? Just what's kind of happening? Okay, I'm going to start with the negative and then okay. I'll the <laughs> Okay, can we end it on a good note? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, That's cool. why I'm doing it this cool, way. Cool, cool, cool. What I see happening and it like is my biggest pet peeve right now and it irks me and it like really just makes me cringe is client is um stylists shaming their clients via instagram oh my god like, that is not a vibe you guys no. like you are making people feel bad before they even come sit in your chair Fuck. and they're not about that like there's a time and a place for everything but like putting someone on blast because they showed up five minutes late with a coffee or just like 
Oh, it just, you know what I'm talking about. You guys see it all the time, like really doing the most and uh, making your clients feel inferior um, via social media really makes you look bad. It doesn't make you look good. It doesn't make you look powerful. It doesn't make you look like a boss bitch that is running your business. Like yeah. really shaming your clients um, is not, not, not the vibe or like shaming other people. I was work. just going to say, I'm like, can I add to that? Even though I asked you a question, like my pet peeve is is a hairdressers bashing other hairdressers that like you like clearly put this was not my work yeah, yeah, like yeah, who yeah. fucking cares you fixed it congratulations or like oh my god this client went here and her hair is fucking fried and melted and hairdressed like don't do that and then my other biggest pet peeve and i don't talk about this enough because i don't want to put my energy on it but is like educators bashing educators yeah i cannot with some of you i cannot deal <laughs> i cannot deal like there is no one way, there is no right way, your way is not the only way. Like at the end of the day, if an educator is teaching a student or a hairdresser something and that hairdresser gets it, why the fuck do you care? If it's working for them, it's working for them. Y'all, if you spent half the time minding your own business mm -hmm. that you spend minding other people's businesses, like you would be thriving. But we're all so concerned with everybody else. Anyways, I had to add that yeah, little no, tangent. No, I'm just like, oh, like I do get like, it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get don't it. Don't shame your clients on social media. Don't shame other hairdressers. Just yeah. don't don't shame, period. Like, let... Keep the negativity off the Instagram. That's a tool for building your business. And clients see it. All the time. Clients see it. And it's like, oh, maybe she was talking about me. Or especially if, like, you have a client that no-shows that day and you go on your stories and bitch about it. Because I've done that and then I didn't post it because I'm like, no, because the client follows me on Instagram. They're going to know. And like, no, I need to have an honest conversation outside of the gram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I think the current trends in that um, that I'm seeing a lot are um, I'm seeing hourly pricing go up. I'm not sure if I'm absolutely in love with that. But do you if you find that you've done a business course and that's what works for your business, um, do it like kill it. You're right. A lot of people yeah. are going, you know, uh, Michelle Wheatley from Beauty Business Guide, she has a really cool strategy on how to price your services based on modern services or traditional services. So hourly has, I think, a place, but it kind of depends. Yeah. It's just what we're doing now behind the chair versus what we were doing in the 2000s is mm, so different. different. I was pulling hair through a cap. Yes, sis. thank you. <laughs> thank you. And for bleaching it all at once, I was perming hair. Like now it's so vastly different. But I agree. I see a lot of people charging hourly. Just make sure that you're not shorting yourself. Yeah. And that's why he said, like, if you've taken a business course and you figured out exactly your price per application, your price for foils, your overhead, and broken it down to a minute by minute, then charge hourly. But if you're not clear, you could actually be losing a shit ton of money by charging hourly. Yeah, and the other one that um, I do see and I, I I vibe with it is I start I've started to see, and this is just like after COVID, it's a post COVID thing. Is people stylists only wanting to accept clients in their chair? Um, that they're vibing with, like mm -hmm. it's services. Like I'm only doing the unicorn tribe. Yep. Like I'm only interested in blonding now. I'm only like stylists are um, dialing it in yeah, and niching down. Yeah, and like really getting good at one thing that they want to be known for, and only accepting clients that fit their bill. So it's like they're going to work every day and doing the thing that they love. No longer right. are they feeling like they're a slave to the chair. They have to take every client. They really are picking and choosing which clients they want in their chair, who they want to service and what they're going to um, build a brand around. And right. I love that. I think that's 
very, very, very smart. Be known for one thing you're extremely good at and kill it, execute it, get educated on it to the fullest and do that well. Like I, I love that, that version that I'm seeing put out now. I, I love it too, but here's my only caveat and we're just going to have a conversation about it is I think it's great as long as you're diversified and, and you know how to do everything else. Because what I'm seeing is the people who are just super, super into balayage or super, super into like lived in, when the trend is gone, mm, yeah. then what? That's the only thing. Like, you know, I learned how to foil, so I foil really, really well. Like I can do a whole foil without doing a root melt, but that's how I learned. So if you're not really meticulous with foiling and your saturation up, when that comes back, because trends will come back, like, so I definitely agree niche down, take on the clients that you only vibe with, especially posting it on social media, show that you have niche down. But there's also a, a thing to be said about a well-rounded stylist yeah, to understand and be grounded in some of the other things, even if you don't use it and you don't post it, just know. Because what's happening is a lot of girls straight out of beauty school are niching down, which is fine. But in 10 years or 15 years, when that trend is gone, what the fuck? Well, they better learn how to roll a perm. That yeah, <laughs> their perms are trying to make a comeback. But like, I mean, I agree. Look, there's certain things I don't do kids' hair. Yeah, exactly. I don't do men's right. haircuts. And bite your your what you feel. Like I'm not doing weddings space. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm mm -mm, no thank you. But I do love the niching down. I love the mastering um, one thing that you're really good at. Because like when you left the industry, you weren't loving it anymore. I can guarantee part of that was because not every client were you in love with. Yeah. There was only certain things that you loved to do. And at that time, it was super taboo to say no to clients. Like, Absolutely. no, you have to take yeah. every client, every, every client, client, walk every in, whatever. Client. The fucking annoying kids. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> 7 o'clock Saturday night. Yeah. And so I do love the boundaries that we're creating as an industry yeah. on what is and is not acceptable in our space. And I'm here for that. Yeah, me too. My only tip is just, just be well-rounded, too. Because trends change real quick, and I see a lot of people who don't know how to put a foil in. Mm -hmm. Or people who don't know how to, like, I didn't know how to balayage for shit when it came out. I was like, I've never painted hair. What the fuck? I need a foil. Yeah. Or a cap. Um, so with that, yep, that's my little two cents on that. Um, what else? Anything else you want to plug it in? Plug your in, say? Your rep is your friend. Yeah. Stop being mean. I'm here to help you. Legitimately help you. I have a job to do. I understand you have a job to do, but I can really help make your job easier. Like, I can't. That's my job. <laughs> Absolutely. And I hope that this, this uh, if you listened all the way through, that there was a little bit of a perspective change um, in how you view your sales rep um, in what they have to offer you. And it's not just selling product. There's so much more to it. Um, and you can build a great friendship with your rep. And they are here. To, they're your friend. So stop yes. being an asshole to them. Thank Bye. you, Brent. Yeah, thank you. Thank me. you. Thank you.